September 11, 2021. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Well, trippy Saturday, right? 20 years late. Started off with Bashima Swing. No, Beshmer Swing. Come on, pronounce it right. What? John Coltrane with Don Cherry. Uh, trippy meeting the minds there. And then Colin John, Electric Lotus. Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. And because uh, of those Skype engineers from Estonia, I got Mr. Colin John with me. Columbus, Ohio. How you doing, Colin? I'm great, Mike. Thanks for having me on your Absolutely. show. Absolutely. And we got to give big, big thank yous to Chris Butler for making the connect. Yeah, big time. Chris is great. And uh, he was one of the reasons this album came together. I can tell you about that later as okay. needed. Can we go back before, like, as early as you can go? Can you bring me your earliest musical recollection, please? Oh, well... Like a lot of American kids, uh, you know, my parents listened to a lot of music, a lot of big band, a lot of pop, soul music. I remember when I was a kid, I was a trumpet player as well in grade school. You know, I in like fifth, fifth grade through uh, 11th, I played the trumpet and the cornet and the baritone horn. Whoa. And what you're telling me is your earliest memory is hearing your folks play their big band records pretty much okay yeah. and now this pad that you grew up at where was it ohio that that was in akron ohio okay akron. Yeah. okay yeah there's the chris butler connect right? but we're going yeah. way back was there instruments in that pad colin you know uh neither of my parents played but i have two sisters and they did you know uh they played clarinet but I had uh, a cousin who had given me a Stella guitar, you know, the proverbial one with the strings, you know, half inch off the neck. And I fooled <laughs> around with that a little bit. Um, but it was mostly, you know, listening to pop and rock and blues when I was growing up. Okay. Uh, and then you were mentioning you, you got involved with the music <laughs> program at school and you got on the horns and you were in the marching band, I guess, right? No, not the marching band, but oh. in, in the concert band. Then then okay. what happened when I was in uh, eighth grade, I punctured my eardrum Ooh. in a neighborhood football game, and I couldn't blow on the horn, but the band director knew I, I was a, a serious musician, as serious as you can be when you're, what, 12 years old? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And so we did not have a contrabass in the orchestra in eighth grade, so... He put me on the double bass. Wow. The and so I started the dog. House. Yeah. So I start the dog house. So I started uh, bowing that in the concert band and then plucking it in the what they call the stage band. OK. So and from there, I am bow- some pizzicato. Yeah. Did you learn how to read? Yeah. <laughs> I did. OK. That's, yeah. That's so bitching. can you tell me the first record you bought with your own money? It was a 45 of Elvis Presley, Hound Dog. Good song. When I was... Carl Perkins. Uh, well, well, yeah. not the writer, but Big Mama Thornton had a hit with that, right? That was her song, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I loved... I just loved that sound, you know? Sure, we had the, sure. That Sun's Echo and Scotty Moore's guitar. 
and DJ Scotty Fontana. Moe, I just to me that was more exciting than the dude singing it. You know, Bill Black on the bass stand up. I, I know there yeah. was a, there was a period where they didn't carry a drummer, and that's where you know them rockabilly guys would slap the string against the neck, kind of fill in for a drummer. Oh, is that where that came? Yeah, is that they, where that came from? Before that's, Larry that's Graham and funk, you know, I know it's tied to kind of funk in a way, but you know, music's related, just like rapping with uh, what do you call that square dancing and uh, auctioneer call. Everything's related yeah. in, a, in a trippy way. What, call it. Call it. Go ahead. Call and response, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and humans are interested in what the other human is doing. And so it wants to be totally yeah. original, but borrows like a motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, <Right. laughs> uh, what, what was the first gig you went and saw, Colin? Uh, I believe it was Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass, courtesy Whoa. of my mother. She was real. Remember that gold album on A and M? Absolutely. I also remember one. looking you know, at my the, mom. I remember looking at the spelling of the word, and I don't see any fucking A there. It's no Aunt Josephine. It's Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that was close to the T word Tijuana marijuana, which was mota, right? Which I was way into as a kid. Right. And of course, that album cover, man, it's singular. It's a fucking epic. And, you know, I just saw a thing. I think it was on Instagram. She just turned, like, 80. Okay. Uh, the model on the cover of the uh, Taste of Honey record, right? And so she's holding the album up. And I thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. You know, Life's a journey. Life's she's a iconic. Journey. And no, she'd walk down the street and no one would know who right, she is. Right, right, right. You know, so. But she's on one of the most famous album covers ever. Yeah, It's a moment in time, right? Yeah. Sometimes when we do artistic so, expression, it's kind of like a diary entry. It, it is, isn't it? But, you know, I always love those melodies, you know, from Absolutely. the horns. And, you know, not just like Herb Albert, but jazz stuff, too. But, you, you know, know, there's a, there's a trippy mean, story about that recording on the rhythm section. The drummer man's Mr. Hal Blaine. And they didn't right. know how to fucking come in back. So he said, shit, I'll just give you the fucking kick drum. So he was right. one of the contributors to the composition. Yeah, that boop, 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 ba da da. That was totally improvised <laughs> in the moment at the studio. I read about that shit. You know, he's on like, what, 50,000 uh, records? Him and Earl Palmer, Jesus. Yeah, Hell Blaine is like the most recorded drummer ever. Right, and, right. Was Carol Kay playing bass? On maybe? that tune? Maybe, maybe. They ended up kind of enemies. Uh, that was very sad. Very sad. She said oh, really? they never called know. it the uh, record bummer. crew. Also, she claims she played some James Jammer, but she's a hell of a bassist, man. I have learned so much from her. Uh, incredible. Right. Incredible bassist. But the, just the idea of them letting the drummer help with the composition, I think that's beautiful. <laughs> no, you know well, the, you know the, the stereotype, Colin, right? They're always making drummers and bass players, too, be like fucking Neanderthal knuckle draggers and shit. Sure thing, Watt, but keep in mind, yeah. when the Stones, when Bill Wyman left... The only decision they left it up to dear Charlie was to pick the bass player. And he was like, thanks a fucking lot all these years, right? <laughs> and he chose Daryl Jones because Daryl had played with Miles strictly right. from that. But he thought, and, you know, Charlie Watts is my favorite rock and roll drummer. Yeah. And yeah, he's not really a rock and roll drummer. He was a jazz drummer, kind of, you know? Well, blues for sure, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And Bill Wyman, great, great. I think Bill Wyman, great bass, uh, blues bass man. 
Absolutely. There's an album with Junior Wells and Buddy Guy with Charlie and Bill as the rhythm That's section. Right. That's it's recorded right. in in Montreux. And that, you know, th those guys, they knew their shit, you know? Right. And in fact, Bill's a little bit older than Charlie was. Yeah. 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 But anyway, a lot of times Keith didn't let Bill on the albums. Correct. Yeah. And even, even fucking Charlie, he ain't on sympathy for the, I think Jimmy, uh, the, the producer man. Anyway, back oh, to Jim, your story. Jimmy Carl. Miller, yeah. 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 Back, back, you, you fucking do it. <laughs> you know, something like that. I looked at right. the studio. I was <laughs> Beggar Banquet, uh, Let It Bleed sessions. Really interesting. Uh, Ry Cooter, right? Anyway, yeah, Stones, correct. we could get in that forever, but I want to get into fucking Brother Collins' story. So, you know the thing after school? Not graduating, but in the afternoon, the garage band, the basement band, the bedroom band. Did you do something like that with that Stella Man, guitar? I. I totally did. When I was in high school, I went to a Jesuit high school in Akron called Walsh, and it was just fellas. So I didn't have the distraction of girls. So my friend Joe Foley, and he played drums, and I remember I had this ratty little Supro amplifier, and but it was cool. It was given to me by a family two, friend. The first two Led Zeppelin albums are done on a Supro. Right, and I think, and I think it was because it was small, like yeah. it had a ten-inch speaker, and right. I had a Gibson. Um, it was a Les Paul SG, nineteen sixty-one. Oh, so you graduated up bought, from the Stella. Uh, yeah, that I bought in one of the local. What they had a paper called the Trade in Times, and it was a guy. And I remember it was two hundred fifty dollars, right? And so I saved up my money. And my dad pitched in 50 bucks and I got this guitar and then a family friend gave the little Supro amp and my friend Joe Foley and I would jam like all the time in, in the basement yeah. and just making ruckus, you know, I mean, we were playing blues, we were playing rock. So that, that was in like 1981 and, and your buddy um, here, he's a drummer, man. Well, now I think he works for the Mercantile. No, no, back in, in those Chicago. days, it was, it was just guitar. It was <laughs> yeah. just guitar and drums. You had no bass. Yeah, we were kind of like that band now, GA Twenty. You know. Okay, okay. Well, I was wondering why why you left the stand up because you got the Stella, well, oh, and then you went on. Well, to here's the... what here's what happened with that, Mike. Yeah. So I wanted to play blues. You know, I had seen. Uh, Sun Seals and Buddy Guy, and yeah. in Cleveland there we, there was a legend, Robert Junior Lockwood. Sure, and I really liked that. At that time, I'm listening to the Stones and the Jimi Hendrix Experience yeah. and the Jeff Beck Group. Yeah, and and Cream Wheels of Fire. Yeah, yeah, and I was I like, love it. I like that. So you know, like like a lot of white kids, then you dig deeper when you're into it, and. I really liked that. It was just like the pure rawness, like Hound Dog Taylor, yeah. you know, and I loved that. And so uh, none of my peers uh, were playing uh, that kind of guitar. They were all into Rush and Led Zeppelin, <laughs> and which is cool, but... Yeah, because Led know, Zeppelin, I, you know, I, Jimmy played with uh, Jeff Beck. Right. Jimmy Page. And... And then, so I just said, well, I'll just play guitar myself. So that was a good thing. Other than that, Stella, 
that was my first good guitar. Okay. Uh, and uh, I don't have it because I loaned it to a classmate. He dropped it, broke the headstock oh, off, had it repaired, and it horror. was never the same. The horror. The horror. <laughs> Look, you gave me this uh, and, a version of uh, Folsom Prison Blues I want to play. All right.
Chunk of music start off. Colin John Electric Lotus. Folsom Prison Blues. Brand new from P. Kane. Pat Kane. New solo album. Half a Bottle Home. With O. Oh, beautiful album. Headboggle. Brand new album from him. Another Coast. East Bay. Skip Pop is the tune. Bill Nace with part three of eight. The piece called Both. Sam Locke Ward featuring Chris Ford. I have gazed into everything. Bob, Buck Bo, Bob Bucko Jr. from nearby Dubuque because Sam Locke Ward's Iowa City. I'm sure my dog can sing. From other Hokkaido, the big North Island, Japan, Car Thief School, Baramos, and then Eviction, Virginia Shin with uh, Peace for Gerp Fast Records Home Session Program Number One, 2021, and finally Colin John Electric Lotus, Rolling Stone, Painted Black. That sitar sound. You you have some fun with that. I noticed a lot of the music you gave me, Colin. It's got a trippy kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a it's a guitar, right? Is it a coral? Uh, what it is, it's uh, actually made by Jerry Jones. He was a guitar oh, builder right. in Nashville. Right, and he was making and were, could, electros. Could, yeah, so I can tell you how this all came about, how I started using that thing. Go ahead. So in 2013, my partner, Long Tall Deb, who's a great soul blues singer from Texas, she and I did a tour in India and Nepal called the High on the Blues, 
tour. So we went to about six cities in India and Kathmandu in Nepal. Well, you know, sometimes you gather inspiration from your travels, and we did from that. It was mind-blowing, life-changing experience. So <laughs> we came back. Deb had these lyrics uh, and a title called Streets of Mumbai. And the song, we ca I came up with the riff pretty quickly, and then we decided that really needs that subcontinental sound. And I had not played one before, but I was familiar with them from, you know, a lot of the pop songs in the 60s and 70s had it on there. Uh, right. You know, Stevie Wonder, Signed, Sealed, Delivered. And, you know, that. so that sound was there. So I found one on a Craigslist search in Dallas. And I emailed the guy and he mailed it to me. I bought it. Used it on the track, and then I thought, okay, what are we going to do now? You know, I've got this cool instrument. I'm not just going to play it every once in a while when we play Streets of Mumbai. So I started playing it on my solo gigs. And what I do on my solo gigs, I play a lot of instrumental music, kind of like what you're hearing on the Electric Lotus album. And I noticed when I started playing it, it really grabbed people's attention. So a little light went off in my head. And then people kept bugging me. You should make an album featuring that. And I thought, you know, there's not going to be, there's going to be seven people who listen to this record. <laughs> and then a couple years went by and I'm not concerned with that. You know, I like to make music for music's sake and everything Absolutely. else is Absolutely. a bonus. So I, people kept asking me, are you going to make that baby sitar record? And I thought, okay. And then I told Chris about it, Chris Butler. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should definitely do that. And he goes, I'll, I'll help you hook up the studio. And we have a mutual friend named Jeff Koval in Akron, who's got a really nice studio in his home. And so we went there and I told Chris, well, you've got to be part of it. So Chris played bass and percussion. And he was there for uh, amoral support and whatnot. And... You know, Chris has got big ears, and so he helps me not second-guess myself. So he was like an unofficial uh, producer, uh, as was Jeffrey on the record, and my partner, Long Tall Deb. So that's how it came about. And so I recorded it in two days uh, with nominal overdubs. Chris did the percussion and bass on uh, about three-quarters of the tracks, and the rest there is no bass. And uh, I thought, okay, let's see what happens. And it got kind of a nice reception, bigger than I had expected, because the reason I chose mostly familiar songs, I thought, well, I'm going to introduce this or reintroduce because Vinnie Bell, who invented the choral sitar, right. had made a record called Pop Goes the Baby Sitar. And I thought, OK, if I'm going to read, no, and, and as far as I know, no one had really done that since then, other than, you know, you hear it occasionally used in a song for texture and i thought no i'm going to do this so i chose songs that i know people will know the melodies you know that's why there's johnny cash and beatles and um you know but then uh, there's chikoski and uh, <laughs> you know well, music is music and, and i you thought re, you prove that and it, you you reinterpret and using this baby sitar or this choral sitar it just makes it more yeah. personal, but then it shows you the common ground that we all share and why we're receptive. Well, it does. Yeah. 
but it made me laugh. One of my friends from Texas, when he heard it, you know, we, and so, uh, Deb and Chris and I, uh, we did a concert. We, we previewed the album live and people really got a kick out of it. So there were, uh, a friend of mine from Texas that said, man, that's how this, this reminds me of, uh, uh, grits with curry sauce. <laughs> yeah. So, but, or, you know, but there's a Johnny universal. Cash song. You know that Johnny Cash song, uh, One Piece at a Time? I don't know if he wrote it. Yeah. But it's about, you make it a car out of all these different, well, like he works at the auto factory, right? Just using right. all these different parts that he's taking home <laughs> to build his fucking car. But man, That's awesome. I think a lot of human expression can be that way, and why not? Like, for example, I can write a novel and not invent one word and it still can be original. Well, yeah, you know, like I've got your book, uh, Mike Watt on and off base, you know, and <laughs> well, I didn't uh, mean to like mention that, but <laughs> no, 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 I know, but there, there's some really great here. I'll just open it up randomly. It's sitting here on the coffee table. The blood rushing through my head is like a river carrying my open eyes is over a waterfall where only mist and spray show maybe where it all ends up. And there you go. That's open and random. That's just what the fuck you were talking about. Well, that's a tour diary, you know. I, you know when you're on tour, it's a trip. You know about that. You know, we kind of jumped ahead. We kind of jumped ahead. We got yeah. all the way to the record without what you did from high yeah. school to that point. So when we come back for the second hour, because we're out of time now, September 11, 2021 edition of Pedro Show, special guest, Colin John. Hold tight for hour two. September 11, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro's. Thank you. 
show start off the second hour calling John Electric Lotus jockey full of bourbon then Mike Cooper and Elliot Sharp with coupling resonators Luca Sabella Sydney Australia goody <coughs> 2000 a cliff on the Volga pet bottom ninja with Colta and finally Twin Pete calling John Electric Lotus so what did you do out after school? Did you pursue music in higher education? I did. So uh, I went to Ohio University. Ohio and... State? Buckeye? No, Ohio University. Bobcats. Oh, yeah, different. Big difference. Yeah, different. That's southeast Ohio, Absolutely. Appalachia, right across the river from uh, West Virginia and uh, not far from Kentucky. Right, anyway, right, so there right. I was in... there. There's a there town, was an is, art is school and Athens, kind of... Uh, uh, Colin, is the town Athens? It certainly is. I played there. Man, it was my memory. I know there. you did. Yeah. <laughs> so Okay, go on. I'm sorry. No, no, no it's great. Uh, so I, um, I I was taking art classes and history and, and, and literature and whatnot, but I knew I was going to be a musician, but I really loved it there. So at the time, I had... Uh, a couple bands. I was also getting in to the kind of stuff that you played, right? So I was like into the Minutemen and Gang of Four and Black Flag, but I was also into blues. So yeah. we had we had this one band called the Seeing Eye Dogs, and we played sort of punky blues um, because you know when you're in college and you're surrounded by artistic people. Yeah. You can do that. It's a lot of fun. Sure. Then I joined a band that uh, a friend of mine put together called Bluesimus Maximus. <laughs> and it was kind of a sh Chicago-style band. But yeah. everyone had eclectic taste. Sure. So I did that. And, um, you know, and then when I graduated, I thought, well, this is what I want to do. So I answered an ad in the Village Voice for a blues band, for a touring blues band. And so I drove to Manhattan. Wow. Uh, you mean, did, you're uh, talking uh, about in Athens, uh, did, Ohio. Uh, did, in Athens, Ohio, you're reading the Village Voice. And you add, yeah. you answer an ad and drive all the way to Manhattan. Yeah. So I called the guy and he was funny. His name was uh, Mike Markovitz, Little Mike and the Tornadoes. And they were a touring band that backed a lot of blues legends from 
Pine Top Perkins, who was oh, Muddy Waters' him. piano player. No, I saw him so with Marsha Hubert Ball. Sum, I saw Hubert Marsha, Sumlin from The Wolf. I, I saw him open up for Marsha Ball at like 98 years old. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic, right? Incredible, Cat. <laughs> Incredible. So I auditioned at this bar on the Lower East Side called Dan Lynch. It was on 2nd and 14th. And... Uh, there was like, it was a cattle call. There was like 9 million guitar players there. <laughs> well, anyways, at, at the end of the night, the drummer says, so are you going to move to New York then? And I'm like, well, sure. And he goes, okay, well, you got the gig. So I ended up playing with Mike for about two mean, and a half you years. You mean the, drum, the drummer was the decider? Yeah. He said, you go talk That's to that bitchin'. hit from I like Ohio. that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I know. Another Charlie Watts movie. Yeah, right? yeah, I like, I like that. <laughs> George Hurley. Yeah. Oh wow. So, so you go on tour with these cats? Yeah. So we we played, and this was oh, let me think. This was 1987 through uh, oh, just shy of uh, 1990. And during that time, we played. We would go out for six weeks at a time. You know, it was kind of the blues version of your ethos of Econo. <laughs> so we, we would go and well, play shit, in Canada. Colin, we, if you think about it, it all goes back to vaudeville. It does, doesn't it? Does, it does, and it's nothing and so, to be you know, embarrassed or ashamed about. I think it's a proud tradition. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, th there I am. My, my uh, apartment was at 78th for, and 1st on the east side. But I was never there, and it suited me fine, uh, because I was just renting basically uh, a studio apartment that you could barely swing a cat in, let alone restring your guitar, <laughs> you know? So I was gone all the time, but we would do like these six, eight-week tours where we would go from New York and shoot across the Midwest, up across the Great Plains, into Canada, over to Vancouver, uh, down to Northern California and zigzag again through the South and the Midwest and then back up. Yeah. But it was great. Well, you, but this was like, this was like backing Pine Top Perkins and Hubert Sumlin. Oh, and man, beautiful. I just learned beautiful. so much for those, for Look, those guys. We, we, we call that yeah. route the big loop in, in the springtime. Yeah. I go clockwise and in right. the fall I go counterclockwise. Look, we're at the end of the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I tell you, I learned a lot from the Vaudeville uh, cats, man. Uh, you, you did uh, what John Coltrane did. You took on the mighty sound of music, favorite things. Let's hear it.
Look on up at the bottom, y'all. We're called the Babes. We're happy you're here. We're Babes NYC. We have a very, very, very effing special effing guest tonight. Elijah Schiffer. Please give him a big hand on saxophone. He is effing incredible. I'm not cursing. I know there are some 12-year-olds out there. So anyway, the song's called Come On Baby. We want you to come along with us like those people are. One, two, three. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, come on. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, come on. If you want to, baby, want to, baby. Want to, want to, want to. You should come to me. Come to me. Come, come, come.
Watch for Pedro show. Okay. That chunk of music. Call him John Electric Lotus with my favorite things. He's going to tell us a little bit and enlighten us here. The the bloody freeway tires of amniogliocide oxytocicity from James Twig Harbor and rubber O cement. Every day is a Sunday from Kishibashi and L1011. Come on, baby, from Babes, New York City. Plaster men out of Ithaca, New York. Getaway car. And finally, Runaway, Colin John Electric Glows. Hippest to your take on my favorite things, Brother Colin. Well, you know, it's a song I've always loved. I, I mean, I even like the Julie Andrews version, right? <laughs> but the Coltrane one, the Coltrane one is really cool. But kind of the idea with the album was uh, I want to take songs that people are familiar with. It could be, you know, an octogenarian or, you know, a young person. And you know, one of the things, you know, I, I, it's funny, though, you know, everyone always pigeonholes you. And I'm primarily known as a blues guitarist, even right. though I play all other kinds of stuff. So and it wasn't like, oh, I want to get away from that. But I like melodies. You know, melodies are are cool things. And Colin, that song Colin, got a I wicked, you, wicked melody. You, can I ask you if you were hip to the numbers band in Akron? Hell, yes, I was okay. and am. And, you know, Chris played bass with them. For a spell, absolutely. Uh, the numbers that's, band, that's but why the, kid, I asked. That's why the Kidney I asked. Brothers, Jack and Bob are incredible. And uh, actually, you know, Jack sits in every now and then with us. On um, he plays wicked uh, blues harmonica, and he's a great sax player too. Uh, but yeah, the Numbers Band. Oh, yeah. I, I so mean, I, I love the way they Yeah, there's buttloads of, of blues, great blues coming out of Ohio. But but how long do you spend in New York City? I was there for two and a half years. Okay. Um, and and then what happened was Mike was moving down to Florida and he wanted all, all of us to join him. And we were like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so me in the rhythm section, Mike, uh, excuse me, um, Rob and Steve formed a band uh, and it was called... Colin Jr. and the Root Doctors. And we kind of did that, uh, the blues circuit for a while. We played a lot in uh, the East Coast and the Midwest mostly with little forays down south. But then uh, the bass player decided he was going to go back to Rhode Island and the, and the drummer was going to move to Florida with Mike. So I went to Memphis after that. I had some friends there that I had met on the road. And I totally lucked into a, a gig there. I knew some guys from Arkansas who were the Saturday house band at BB Kings, and they were called the Famous Unknowns. Well, they were going on the road. So they introduced me to the manager, and they said, hey, Colin would would be a real great uh, substitute. Uh, he, he'll be able to cover. So I put together a band, uh, and so for just under two years was the house band on Saturday afternoon at BB Kings on Beale. And that, and that happened within what that happened within days of arriving. So it was real wow. lucky. That's some, that's some good, you know, the bass man for dead Kennedy's Klaus Flora told me, you know, he moved from, I guess Felix Popolardi got his gig with Leslie West, you know, and it was jam with him. And he said, fuck it. Or, and he had some uh, bad things in Boston, so I'm going to move to San Francisco. 
And he said the day that he got in there, he answered an ad. It was Jella and East Bay Ray asking for a bass player for Dead Ken He got the Dead Kennedys the second day he was in the city. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the second hour, September 11, 2021. Dish Watt Peter, so special guest Colin John. Hold tight for hour three. September 11, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
la estación de mi banquero en la selva aquí no hay en la selva amazonica no hay primavera en la selva amazonica no hay primavera en la selva amazonica no hay primavera en la selva amazonica no hay primavera
Pedro show start off the third hour with John uh, Colin John Electric Blue <laughs> Electric Lotus sorry Colin Satisfaction and then the Promise of Death from Crane Susan Loa Primavera and El Selva Chicha uh, Libre Ray Shin with Xenon and I'm on Fire Colin John Electric Lotus Brother Colin tell me how you met Brother Chris Butler I was uh playing a gig in Akron and uh, it was a house concert and Chris turned up with a mutual friend and my partner Deb, Long Tall Deb and I were playing and Chris really liked it because we were playing like original blues stuff um, and Chris liked it so we got to chatting and uh you know, I was familiar with Chris's work with obviously the waitresses all the way back to the numbers band, yeah. Tin Huey, uh, yeah. with, you know, Harvey, Harvey Gold, sure. you know, He's Harvey's a great show. character. Great, too. great cat. Great. Yeah. It, so, uh, we just decided, well, we should do something. So, oh, about six months later, we were doing a tour down South and got in touch with Chris. I'm like, Hey, 
would you like to play bass? He's like, sure. Oh, so you know, he a lot of people the band. Know Chris. He, he actually joins the band. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, well, I mean, it's very loose. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, okay. But, yeah, we did a bunch of gigs, and we had a great time. And, you know, Chris was using, like, an, uh, a hollow-body guild bass through his Ampeg, uh, the B-15. <laughs> like, real old school. And I love it. I'm like, that's the sound I like. I love that wood. It's like wood pushing air molecules through tubes and it sure. comes out all farty and beautiful and glorious. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that's how uh, we met Chris and stay so in just, touch. And, to you know, gig. I just can't. What you're saying is he came to a gig. So it kind of little mutual appreciation society because you knew him already. And then you, ha you got an opportunity, an opening. So you bring him into the band. Okay. That's what it's about. That well, casual. I said to, okay. Absolutely. And I told Deb, you know, Chris is professional. You know, he's going to do great. And he did because Chris isn't primarily a blues bassist. But we're not really a, a blues, a pure blues band anyway. So, you know, we've got a lot of influences. You think there's pure there's of anything? Roll. There's, you think there's pure of anything? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. Everything's fouled. <laughs> But it's also, all fucked up and corrupted from one yeah, source but it to also, another. You know, it's like uh, it can lead to also interesting connections. Well, it's really cool like that, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I've never like I respect the roots of any music, but I always I, I what is the point of, you know, me trying to play like Hubert Sumlin and whomever is going to sing like Howlin' Wolf, you know, I mean, that's done. You know, so it can't move, be far move, move tell forward, you <laughs> right? Yeah, it's so funny when they ask Captain <laughs> Beefheart about that. He said, "No, no." <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, whatever. The the, the idea but, though is I mean, like you 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 repurpose it though, right? Even if there is influences, but yeah, to put something in a gla glass box and just say that's the form and forever don't touch it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's why, you know, I just like to make music for music's sake, even though it's what I do. It's somehow I managed to earn my living all these, you know, since basically professionally since 1987. I don't know how, but. Uh, Working the yeah, room, so playing for people. That's how. <laughs> yeah, kind of adapting to without having to kiss anyone's ass or right. do something you don't want to do. Right, you know, right, right. like a lot of my solo gigs, I play restaurants and wineries. But then, you know, they would have no idea, you know, that I, that I was into, you know, Henry Rollins and Greg Jinn and, and, and uh, Gang of Four and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know I what? mean, I like my noise. You gave me a bitchin' uh, version of uh, Jimmy, our experience. Let's listen. Thank you. 
it's like so all over the place right i mean you've got dance of the sugar plum fairy then you've got painted black and jockey full of bourbon i had no idea so i presented it to my partner deb who were listening and she's like i don't know let me make up a story that goes along with the album so she came up with this uh 
story that's actually uh, a hidden track on the album itself created the flow of the record which intuited the order and she thought it was a joke and i'm like no 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 that's brilliant and chris said that's perfect we needed a theme song to kind of close the record so that was the last song i did and since it's the only original on the record i'm like right. well let's call it like the electric lotus lullaby so you know it starts you know with the are you experienced and then goes through this whole um scenario of each song and finishes with that so it, and it was so kind we of have a, a narrative to tie it all together that uh, your partner came up. wow Okay. Do you guys yeah. collaborate a lot like that? We do. And uh, there's a lot of times when I'll send Deb a, a riff o over the phone and she'll come up. Oh, I've got lyrics that will fit with that. And that's how we written quite a bit that way. Usually you start off with a riff and then she replies with words. Yes. Okay. So sh does she keep a little notebook of words or does she write on demand when she hears your music? Uh, she keeps notebooks and she has her little recording app where she'll you know speak phrases yeah and then rearrange and and then when we get together to uh come up with something it'll uh it, it comes together pretty quickly and you, but, and, and you know you too, some, do, you, do you record like your little melodies for your guitar stuff uh, like vo voice memo or some shit i do yeah, yeah exactly I, i'm kind of a little slow at the tech thing but i'm getting there <laughs> <laughs> that's but okay you know what <laughs> it, it works so I, I just imagine, and, but Charlie, what I'll do, uh, <coughs> I just imagine I Charlie, from, uh, Charlie Christian, you know, he was a pioneer, what we take for granted yeah. now. Right. And you know, only 25 years old, tuberculosis, know, right? Yeah. Like vaccines right. are bullshit, right? Okay. <laughs> well, like when he walked in, they, they thought, who's this guy? You yeah. know, he's a pioneer. But, you know, Jim, uh, yeah, he was. a friend of mine got turned on to him because Jimi Hendrix mentioned him. He said his man right. was Charlie Christian. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Music is like that. It's about people, even though it's about this, these bigger things than us, because they last longer than our short little lives. It's still about us, huh? Absolutely. To me, it's, you know, it's about cultivating and maintaining relationships with good people like-minded that's what keeps us sane through all this i think mike you know yeah. um so that's why it's such a pleasure to play with chris and with dab because it's something we're just on the same page you know yeah. you just do it and boom 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 and what's your next plan colin we're deb and i are working on a uh a new record uh it's going to be an original sort of blues rootsy album and uh, it's going to be stripped down. Uh, two years ago, we did a song, uh, Deb, Chris, and myself, called Deflection Blues, talking about all the crazy shit, you know, leading up to the um, 2020 election. Yeah. And Chris was involved with that, and Deb. And it, we did it in Chris's studio, and it, it came out really powerful. And a lot of people liked it when i say a lot i'm not talking hundreds of thousands you know fifteen thousand people which is pretty cool yeah uh, absolutely these days so we decided we we're going to make another record and we originally we're like let's do a stripped down acoustic record but then because we like to fuck with everything sonically yeah. like i like using distortions and reverbs and reverse things it's like by the time i put all that shit on there um you know, it's going to sound electric. So 
let's make an electric album. So <laughs> it'll be a, a stripped down electric. So me with guitar and lap steel, maybe the baby sitar, Deb's vocals and Chris's percussion, bass, drums. It, it should be pretty cool. Well, can I ask you, Colin, when you get that record done, will you come back on the show? We can play all the songs and you can talk about how you made it. Oh, I would love to. Oh, man. It's been such an Absolutely. honor to have you Thank on the you. show. It truly is. Your kind of spirit really motivates me. I love it, man. This is why I'm in the music thing. Oh, back at you, Watch from Pedro. Big love. Thank you yeah, so much. Big love, absolutely. People, it's been September 11, 2021 edition. Why, Pedro, should keep your powder dry.